Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. So this is a recording of Tom Mori in 2020, October 29th, for a Surfer Today interview. Hi, Tom. So here we go. This is a these are questions that were submitted by Luis of Surfer Today. And the first one was, what is the biggest challenge bodyboarding and surfing face in the next 50 years, would you think, Tom? So the question is simple to perform, but when you ask me what is the biggest something, why it's a, you know, there are a lot of things, so I'm not going to go there. Okay. The challenge, uh, the challenge is to get out of your own way, for us to get out of our own way. For, for for starters, is to draw a line, scratch out the word bodyboard, boogie board, all that stuff. We are surfers, and uh, this is all about surfing. Whether we're standing up on the huge planks of uh, of yesterday, or we're lying down on smaller things that fit the fit the inside of the wave today. So that's the biggest challenge: is to get out of the terminology that we already have used. And to see that uh, the game, the name of the game is to catch the free ride. And uh, and as Mickey Dora said, excuse me, that uh, life is a waste of time. Surfing is a great way to waste it. We're okay. here on this. We're here on this planet. And uh, finding out as we grow up, thinking anyhow that we might be finding out why we're here, if there even is a why. But from my standpoint, I buy into the fact that with absolutely nothing um, other than what we do, to do, it's to then make the best of what we do, to enjoy it and to teach by it. Perfect. So now, uh, being the challenges are there, what would you, what do you think the future looks like of surfing? What is the spiritual? No, the future. What does the future look like of surfing? Well, the, fu- the future of of surfing is it's got to go up and it's got to go down. Got to be uh, better. There are better materials and better ways to make all this equipment, and there are better ways to use that equipment. Uh, and uh, I have a grandson uh, that's growing up in this sport, for example, and at his age, at 10, 11, 12, 13, these years, 14, he is preoccupied like the skateboarder down the street from you. He's preoccupied with doing some complicated thing that will give him attention as he does it. Skateboarder is there he's trying to do a ollie, an ollie or something and trying to jump up in the air and then land on the board and he does it uh, 
never out of a hundred. After a while, he can get a half of one out of a hundred. But all the time, every time he goes bang, clatter, everybody has to look at him. And uh, this need for youth to get attention and be acclaimed at each point point of his, his or her age just holds everything back. So the the future of surfing, part of it is to get out of our own way and to quit trying to do this thing so we'll look good or sound good, but rather for the enjoyment of it. And how do we draw that line in our own mind? It's pretty hard, pretty difficult, no matter what you're doing. Yeah, I like that. Get out of your own way. So now do you think the shape of these uh, bodyboards will evolve or change in any way? Well, of course. Uh, this uh, The original one was fashioned from a piece of foam that was uh, plenty wide, uh, about 24 inches wide, and uh, came two and an eighth inches thick, and then the skins that went on it are each about an eighth of an inch, and there was some heat welding, and they squashed down a little bit. So the, the typical thickness of a board is based on the manufacturing capability of the of the maker, but has little to do, and has to do also with mailing the board. Uh, the one of the biggest breakthroughs in the in the Mori Boogie days was that I had some to mail. I went down to the post office, and uh, the clerk said, "Well, let me see what you got." And I put it on, put it on the table in front of her, and she said, "No, it's too long." Oh wow! She said, "Well, it's, it's got to be," and she named a double-digit price. And I said, "Well, is it? Could it be? Uh, is there some way that it could be any cheaper?" It was got to be like twenty or thirty dollars. Wow. She said, "Well, if it's under, if it's under 108 inches length and girth, it's a different price." Now I say, "What is girth?" Mm-hmm. Well, girth is we take this chain and we wrap it around the board and then measure that length. And then we add that to the length, and that is that is what is the determinant. And I said, well, what is the limit? She says, oh, it's got to be under 108 inches length and girth. So how much is, uh, was this one? Oh, this is too long. Well, how much too long? Well, it's 112 inches, something like that, you know. Uh-huh. So yeah. Well, that's not too bad. I mean, this length was just some length I decided was close to right, was about four feet. So after experimenting, I found I could cut shape the length down to 43 and a half inches combined with this basically 22 inches the thing came out it came out that not just one but four boards packed together came out under a hundred and out under a hundred and eight inches length and girth so it turned out that for three dollars and forty-two cents, was able to ship four boards anywhere in the United States. For example, from Puerto Rico at one extreme to Guam at the other extreme, for whatever it was, three dollars and forty-two cents. 
an incredible breakthrough around which I uh, I changed the shape. Okay. So that, that has caused guys, the shorter guys like Ben Severson and the taller guys like Mike Stewart at at uh, 6'2 or something, they all ride the same life board. And they recommend that life. <laughs> and it's uh-huh. cool. And it's not based on on that fact about shipping. It's based on their preference for length. So that's one one thing that will change the future. Okay. Is to actually find out what lengths, what thicknesses, and what widths make the most sense. And we okay. haven't determined that yet. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Now, what about technology? Do you think that uh, there's some future, you know? Uh, tracking devices or something will be embedded in surfboards or bodyboards. I mean, you see anything like that in your in your vision? That's a great. That's a great question. Sure. Uh, fortunately, there are hobbyists that are exploring technology and every aspect of it. So here's this here's this lightweight platform into which. Uh, various devices can easily be embedded, including batteries to power these things. So through tracking your board where it is and uh, what it's done, just like people can track with their wristwatch what their heartbeat was, how many steps they ran, and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. this will this will be done too. And what you want to do, you as a surfer, as a, as a rider, well, it'll be up to you, and uh, then things will be popular and unpopular to be a. It'll become unpopular for some to be a statistics geek. Yeah, and all yeah. that. Yeah, because you can even embed one that would track uh, swell coming or something, you know, <laughs> which wouldn't be fair. Well, you, can, you, can, you, know. you can simply, uh, yeah, you got all these predictions. Mm-hmm. You have all these predictions available at the at the buoy. At such and such a buoy that's so such and such a distance from you, yeah. You can, you can feel you can you have the measurement of the swell that just passed under it ten seconds yeah. ago. All the, That'd be pretty cool, actually. <laughs> yeah. You know when the when the best waves coming. Um, yeah. What, yeah. As far as the planet goes, and you know we're talking more uh, sure. stuff in the future. What what do you think? Just uh, that the Mori boogie. What was the most significant contribution do you think that it brought to the planet the 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 invention of the boogie board? Okay, well I am Patty, I'm no historian. Or do you say historian? Yeah. But uh, what I've seen is the smiling faces of hundreds if not thousands of people that I personally have seen and that have come up to me and said, "You're Boogie board changed my life, and then they go on about how they did this and that, and and how they met their girlfriend or their husband, and uh, they had all these adventures in different countries and so forth. So that is going to continue, uh, I think, indefinitely, and not just on the on the states that border by border on surfable oceans but well it's already happening somebody that has surfed as the general term which is my 
the preferable term for, for what we do, that has surfed every state in the country. And in town time, somebody will have surfed every country in the world. Um, surfing is uh, began uh, in my world uh, with with riding uh, big planks that were 80, 90 pounds uh, in California. But it also continues, as you can see in the movie uh, Back to the Future, where the guy grabs onto the uh, back of a, of a truck passing by and he's skateboarding around. He's skateboarding behind it because skateboarding came not too many, many years later and uh, was just wonderful to be able to enjoy uh, making a curving path uh, on the sidewalks and on the streets. I Some of my greatest memories 40 or 50 years ago were when the Hobie skateboard wheels had been developed a soft uh, rubber uh, that would hold, that would grip, that replaced the steel wheels that were on the first skateboards and the first roller skates, which I also enjoyed using. But to have the grip of a, of a good polyurethane wheel under you and then trucks that would bank back and forth and would en- enable you to, to swivel your body and to bank, bank it, that gave a whole new whole new dimensions, and the moves that were developed for riding on those devices uh, spilled over into the surfing world uh, in the water, as did the movements of uh, guys like I forgot this guy's name with the love. He had a big mop of kinky hair, and he was he was a very cool uh, uh, skater. Very, Huh? Was he a skater? No, he's a Hawaiian, a Hawaiian guy. Oh, a young Hawaiian guy, and uh, he he set a style which is he he bent really low, he stooped really low, he dipped and rose in an exaggerated, not awkward, but a in an exaggerated manner. And I, I'd love to be able to think of his name right now. Let's Huh. Anyhow, well, one feeds one the other. Sports that's team. right. And so, talking about you know the the industry, uh, what pro do you, are you familiar with any products or something that was going to help reduce the environmental impact and footprint that you can think of? Say say that question again. Well, is there a is there a, a product? Or, or, or something that would reduce the envir impact, you know, the environmental impact and the footprint, you know, because everything's foam and fiberglass, and I'm sure there's th- the question is. Well, the, is skate, there- the skate, the skateboard, which dabbled into uh, fiberglass and other materials, finally came down to wood. Mm-hmm. The wood is nice. The wood is nice with fragrance and. The, and the look of it, and it's just just such a beautiful material. For a long time, surfboards have been coming down in size and uh, and weight, and that has been thought to be important. Those have been thought to be important factors to uh, 
determinants. But uh, we've already taken the surfboard down to to very short, and then in my mind, too short. Uh, the surfboard is is some is something that can be a lot of fun all the time, but if it's too short to paddle out to the surf, if it's too short to uh, get a very long ride, why well, then it, then it's too short. Mm-hmm. It's, it's important to develop. Uh, your ability to have fun on a surfboard at a longer size and a bigger size and a heavier size. And heavier has come into vogue these days because too light, which I found out uh, maybe 20 years ago, is such that as soon as you unweight on your surfboard, why the board slows down because it no longer has the momentum of you connected to the board and carrying through through this gooey stuff, water, uh, because uh, it is thick and sticky, and, uh, but not to our viewpoint when we're drinking it. But when you're riding through yards and yards of water on a wave, you you feel, especially a really good wave that's all lined up, and you can't. You just can't make it no matter how you pump and jump and all that stuff because this, the board's too sticky. Now, the breakthrough in the equipment there is uh, the wonderful breakthrough in that. Breakthroughs that are possible are there because um, at the surface where we surf, and I'm breaking away from our conversation, I think, which was on skateboards, but no, that's okay because we're going into wave pool stuff. So go ahead and uh, segue yeah. in. Yeah. So at the surface where we surf, surface surf, <clears throat> our two media is another medium is air. And uh, if you, if you'll, uh, and and every surf, every surfer should do this. Get down under his boogie board or under his under his plank with a face mask on and look up. In, when you're in the water, look up to, at the bottom of the board, and there you'll see it sitting on the surface. And between you and the board are these big and tiny burbles of air, and they look like silver. They're, they're silver, silver bubbles. And if you then wiggle your board, you'll see that the bubbles' sizes increase and disperse. If you wiggle it a lot, you'll see that... Instead of just being uh, held away from the water by two or three or five or six percent air, the thing is held away from the water by ninety something percent. Almost, almost all free from the water because of the air that gets entrapped there. Now, to focus on the air entrapment aspect, that's a great. That's a great place to spend some time uh, with different surface textures on the material, different um, pockets. I had uh, way back come up with uh, like the golf ball pockets which hold air uh, and keep it away from the surface. But in between the golf ball pocket and the water, would be another thin membrane, a flexible membrane, like a polyethylene bag, like the bag the board comes in. 
glued uh, here and there or on the high points between the pockets to the board, such that like a uh, hundred tiny tamp trampolines, they are like having a hundred or three hundred tiny trampolines on the board. Getting my, I'm getting crossed up here, but you can get no, the okay. meaning of it. Yeah, no problem. Pitching, picture, picture, and then romping up and down on the board, and the air that gets between the the water and the trampoline is compressed and wants to decompress, and is pushing back, and so you are riding on an air cushion uh, that is uh, tempered by a smooth surface. So there's all that kind of stuff. Then nice. Then the Alcazar, uh, I put this in an article 30 years ago or something in Surfer's, Surfer Magazine, my first, and uh, I I imagined a guy uh, mixing in the gloss coat, in his final coat on the board, and actually the final coat on a, on a surfboard today is uh, Floyd Floor Polish. Uh, some of these uh, mop and glow, that kind of stuff. I think it's mop and glow as one brand. These, it and its competitors are aliphatic polyurethanes. Aliphatic means water cure. So you, to mop and glow your floor, you spill a little bit of the stuff on there and uh, mix it with, it's mixed with water. With a sponge, you spread it all over well let's go to your surfboard you clean your surfboard bottom and then you use uh, mom's floor finished floor wax diluted with water oh interesting uh, and uh finish that off and it gives a certain sheen sheen to the uh scratched uh, bottom and uh, then it cures up hard but you could also do that with some mixture of Alka-Seltzer in there and uh, and gingerly walk it out on the pier to where you're going to surf and then take off and maybe have, a, well, you could figure, a guy could figure out, a guy or a gal, mm-hmm. a person, figure out how to do this thing. So he, he or she got a certain amount of air coming off. And, nice. Uh, the things... Yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of hobby fun, uh, and that's one of the things that uh, that I enjoyed. I didn't enjoy because it happened before me, and then I enjoyed big time with the boogie board. Mm-hmm. I am missed out on uh, most of the development of the surfboard from the ancient days through the creation of the skags by George Downing and some of those guys in Hawaii, but I credit George Downing, uh, who put water ski skags on the bottom of surfboards that I've missed out on, but I certainly caught up in latter years with the boogie board and the uh, off surfboard that that evolved into with uh, Great uh, help from Mike Doyle that uh, put in a, a rigid 
fiberglass stringer from from the company that was making a pultruded fiberglass near where he was working on the single ski. You know, Doyle was quite an innovator he in his own area with colored wax, scented wax, the single ski, and the soft surfboard. I mean, I could have invented the soft surfboard. We were making the foam he was using, and we I had even gotten the... Uh, was making a paddleboard with a fiberglass uh, beam in it with the beam lateral, the, the width of it horizontal, so that it would have a certain amount of flex and give. And instead, he made a surfboard by cutting the foam in two and making a stringer that had the shape uh, and putting that stringer in there vertical and including the skag as part of the structure. He built that down at our shop with the help of Bobby, uh, uh, the guys down there, Bobby Sabad and Ruth mm-hmm. Broderson, those guys. And remember and, uh, that. Oh, God. And, and people said, you got to see what Doyle's, I was coming back from Puerto Rico. He said, hey, more, you got to see what Doyle's done while you've been gone. Come on down here. Get down here and see this thing. So I come down, Doyle pulls up in his rack, his truck, his van with a huge the huge Doyle smile, opens the back door of his van, reaches in and pulls the surfboard out and throws it out onto the pavement, bounces around there. <laughs> then he pulls out another one. That's similar, summary moment. Boy, oh boy. Yeah, From he was there, great. Yeah, it was a great, great moment. I got the good fortune moment. to uh, travel the East Coast with him when Maury Doyle came out. It was awesome. Oh, wow. Like, I got a chance to really get to know Mike because, you know, we were closely. Um, and Mike was the only one that took me out to Doheny and uh, let me. I know this is about you, but just real quickly. He let me dr- uh, test ride the 10-foot Doyle out in the uh, out in the white water, you know, the. Inside sure. sections, I got to stand on that. Just he wanted to check the buoyancy, so I I we, I drove up to Doheny with him. But anyway, um, that that kind of is a good segue into like because um, we, we you know we we even went to some of the uh, wave parks in the future. And Luis Whoa. wants to know um, if you see that the, these waves are you know the future of inland surfing. And what are, you know, you've had some renderings of wave pools. What do you think is right or wrong about the current wave pool technologies? Okay, so that's several questions. Um, yeah. Speaking, you'll find, knocking, it'll be open, the door will be open to you. This is easy. These are teaches, teachings from the Bible. I'm not properly wording that, but we, you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. This is not, this is not malarkey. This is not some just some talk. The fact is is that we are connected to the entire reality, and in one way we're connected by what comes out of your own mouth and goes into your own ear has great power. Um, so I have uh, been a man that a guy that prays a lot. I believe, I, I don't believe, I just know prayer is uh, the central connection. You have to ask, you have to 
like right now I got a place on my arm that's itches. So my the Tom Tom Mori brain sends uh, the messengers from my other hand and my fingers and my fingernails over there and they scratch because of the prayer coming from the part that needs to be scratched. Well, mankind is like that too. We don't understand that we are all connected physically. We are into my hairdo, my fingernail polish, my shape and my lipstick, all this crap, you know. And we keep bringing attention to our little, little, tiny selves and uh, trying to get some kudos for just being here. Now, I've, heard, I've lost the topic here. Uh, wave, the wave pool technologies. Okay, the wave pool technology. So, for starters, everybody that makes a wave pool, 100 wave pools in the country, in the world, at least, and all of them packed with people, they all do the simple, dumb, simple stuff. Generate the wave out in the deep water and have it finish in the shallow water. And who finishes up in the shallow water? The rider. And where do you finish up? Either standing up and then falling into the shallow concrete usually, or riding in there and scraping your knees or your hands or something on the rough bottom which has been put in there, duh, so people won't slip. But the other way to do is not in the wave pool where the wave ends, to let the waves in continue on past that. In other words, have a big pool with a deeper area behind, beyond the reef where you make a raised berm where you want the wave to break and you make it taper from one side to the other or from both sides to the middle or whatever. And uh, let the wave form up and build up there. And then after it's formed and you've had a chance to ride, then you make the water deep. So you finish off in deep water and continue on as long as you're doing it. You might as well make the pool bigger. People make a wave pool and they skimp on the size. Well, it's so easy to make a swim a pool. And... Uh, no need to skimp on the size of it. Make a big pool. Mm-hmm. So that's one, one of the things is to let, the, let it finish. The other thing is to make the recognize that the wave does not have to be breaking in order to be surfing. To the contrary, it simply needs to be a steep enough lump so that the as it is as the water as the water rises, it comes across this berm that it makes the water steep up enough so that you can slide down the front of it. Yeah, and, uh, that's... You know... That sounds like make uh, it, a fun ride. Let's say you're going to make them with wave, the wave cannon system, which I favor. Um, what's his name? God. Anyhow... Uh, you fire the waves from with compressed air from pipe from pipes that are facing to uh, your towards your towards your wall towards your reef. And I was about to say to the shore, but no, that's not the way you build it. If you have wave cannons, 
in a lake, why you can aim them across the shore, across the beach. You can have a sandy, tapered beach, and instead of emulating nature 100%, you don't fire the waves in into the shore. You fire from one place, someplace near the shore, along the shore at an angle so that you, in effect, have a sandy point break. And so the wind mm-hmm. will peel along there, peel the other way. Mm-hmm. And the I wave cannon that. on a raft, the wave cannon on a raft, a, a, a platform that floats that has your uh, wave generating equipment, why well, that's, uh, that's not difficult and it's not expensive. It's not heavy, it's not big. You can put pipes underneath a raft and have them full of compression, have them full of air. And then you've compressed, you fire compressed air or you compress that air and fire it off, generate your wave. And don't use all the pipes at once, but half of the, use half of the pipes that are facing south, we'll say, to generate the waves every other pipe and then the other pipes have them be f- being filled so that any given time there's enough uh, pipes full of air to support the system while other pipes are firing waves off and then you can aim this thing along the beach at an angle let it back off as the fire as it fires to let it let it be kick kicking back like a bazooka let it kick back and let let back be forward in terms of what you're trying to accomplish. That is, mm-hmm. bang, the waves go off, or bang, bang, they go off and come out the, the one side, one angled side, and the whole thing is kicked back in the opposite angle direction. Then you motor it you motor it uh, into a better position and repeat that so you can go all the way around the lake and stuff. And the wave cannon system, you can be clearing, cleaning the water. You can be aerating the water and then getting rid of the pollution. Like uh, there's a couple of lakes nearby here where in, in the L.A. area. They're okay, but they're not really okay because they've been neglected for a long time. They, and then making a natural lake and then making lakes and making rivers, you know, we God, God has given us, I use the term God, and I hate the shtick that's involved with all this. So I'll call it nature, uh, providence. Creation is the better word for me. I use creation as what this whole caboodle of stuff is here that we're living in, and also the mystery from which it comes. Creation provides us with everything and causes us to to everything. As an example, you're there a long distance away from me, and guess what? Your your, uh, body temperature is at 98.6 plus or minus two-tenths of a degree. Just like every human being on the 
planet, all 7 billion of us are all at 98.6. And our hearts are, hearts are pumping along, but pretty much the same rate. We are literally one energy spread out around this globe and um, interconnected with the connection loose enough that we can spread out and enjoy different parts all at the same time. Anyhow, I'm off the topic. Let's well, that's back. okay because I think the best three questions are yet to come, and so I'm really excited because I know these are just topics that you want to work on. And um, thank you for those so far, and also to Luis for sending them. So he's got the next ones lined up uh, really about you, Tom, and the future. And so the next one is what has the mind of Tom Mori been working on lately? Well, I, I think that it would be a good point to check what you've got and see if you could improve the recording. I don't know what kind of quality you got, but you might want to make some improvements before we go further. Uh, wh why are you saying that? It's recording. It's it's not. It's just for. Um... Okay. Okay, I good. see. You're saying that your phone. It's not the recording. It's going. It's the phone might be losing its battery time or something. Yeah, we don't know what we have here. Oh, do, do you have some good battery uh, powder on there? I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. Okay. No, it's recording fine. Yeah, because okay. remember, he's going to just take the, he's going to take the text off of this recording. So if he has any questions, he can he can you know he's in touch. So anyway. Um, uh, let me read the, the it was uh, what what is uh, the mind of Tom Mori been working on lately uh quite a few things all at once and uh well one thing is i work on my biggest problem the biggest one of the biggest problems on the planet is sewage garbage and sewage and it's neglected because it's not a not something that our our parents want to encourage us to get involved with nor that the youth wants to get involved with youth wants to run and jump and play while the parents divide until they're fed up with us and then they kick us out or, or they scold us and all that stuff and then we run off and uh, hook up with some other someone from another sex and and then start making our way in, a, in our amateur way and uh, without the uh, benefit of the elders we've lost the benefit of our elders we've got them uh, sequestered where they won't cause any problems and where they're cared for but they're not part of our society they need to be close with us to supervise over us during this time period between when the elders were the parents and were under the auspice operating under the largest of the the ones who've gone on and, uh, the the idea of the hereafter is questionable in the youth's mind but it's not at all questionable in my mind the hereafter is simply another phase of existence we're like icebergs and ice cubes and snowmen and uh when a snowman breaks or melts we uh, pray for its soul it's like our life 
what happens to the your lap when you stand up you know well mm-hmm. there is there is no lap there's what happens to the hole in the donut when you eat the donut well there is no hole in the donut it's just some bs talk so we are all interconnected uh, we wonder if there's a hereafter and when we die are we obliterated uh, well you look at a worm you look at a caterpillar and then it makes a cocoon and then it it does uh, spend some time there changing phase and comes out of a moth or a butterfly where do butterflies and moths come from? They come from these lower lives that are just creeping along and and have their own egos that keep them from falling off the edge of a twig. It's all safeguards. And anyhow, they become something else. The whole thing keeps morphing. And you'll keep morphing into something else. Um, so are you saying that you're, uh, the things that you're working on right now are kind of morphing into kind of like of things of today? Well, things I'm, I'm working on are my clothing. Here I am with these hats. Uh, yeah, you have poop, pee, and sweat to deal with all the time. And mankind in its cities and towns has all that too. And laundry dirt. And the, and the detergents that are used in it, and the, there's all the sewage. Here in the United States, we've got pretty good sewage, but you could get out into the other countries and then all, every other country I've been in, stinks. The sewage smells. You can smell the sewage in the streets and along the gutters. And uh, I can't say every other country. I've been to a few countries that are clean. Yeah, certainly I have. Uh, Germany and England, they were clean. France, they were clean. Yeah, some of those Europeans. But there's an awful lot of stink. And, uh, even in the, in the movie Matrix, the robot says the one thing I can't, it can't stand is the smell of human, the human stink. And, uh, we need to uh, get rid of that, and we we need to teach ourselves and how to properly care for ourselves. And we have all this washing, laundering, all that kind of stuff to deal with. So it's hard to draw a line between that and surfing. And I'm thinking of I'm sitting in a bedroom on top of the comforter, which is on top of a sheet. And these things are cleaned and changed regularly to get rid of this stuff. But in the water, when we get into the public territory, these things are not changed and cared for uh, because uh, we're all still so self-centered in order to get by that we don't have time for that. And it takes a lot of time and uh, care to run a little town, a village, a, a household, everything up to us, on up through a city and a country. And uh, this stuff is very important and it's nothing that children care at all or 
pay attention to it all. And it's bothersome to me to have seen the voting age go down from 21 to 18, which was because the age at which you send your precious son or daughter into battle for your adult uh, protection had had dropped down to the draft age at 18. So if you're drafted at 18, well, you ought to be able to vote. However, the vote of an 18-year-old is nowhere near as good as the vote of a 19-year-old, let alone a 29 or 39 or 49-year-old or 59 or 69 each, each, each year one is so much more capable. So the idea of voting, each person having one vote, no. I, I'm at I'm at 85 and I don't want my 85-year-old experience offset by the experience of some 18-year-old kid because his vote is not as valid as my vote because he hasn't been 19 yet and I was 19 decades ago. So the elders need more, property owners need more of a vote, elders need more of a vote, people that are qualified because of their jobs and their education need more of a vote than those who are not. And that whole thing needs to be revolutionized before we get very far. And the size of cities and towns needs to be limited. A whole bunch of stuff that have to do with society and the building of society and surfing which is outside of society can make minor strides but it still is always going to be limited by the uh, the uh, property owners and the, and the police that are and the politicians uh, that are building their measures for the general population uh, and so we surfers for a long time, for the foreseeable future, will be limited in our progress by the uh, allowances of society. Already, you can't go to the beach of your choice. Uh, you can't do the things that you used to be able to do when I used to be able to go surfing naked at trestles in 1956, uh, I can't do that. I can't go, I was at, at Rincon uh, not many years ago and uh, it was cold. I gathered together in some twigs and driftwood and I built a fire down there and some guy came rushing up to me. He said, you can't have a fire here. This is Rincon Beach. And I lost my board one day at San Onofre and I didn't have a leash on. And the guy got my board, he was inside. And he, he went over to my board and he was there waiting for me to come in. I was halfway to the beach and as I got in, he pushed the boy board into the shore and chewed me out for not having a leash. Well, I I wanted to chew him out for being there <laughs> because I'm not there to have a leash to protect the other surfers. And when you're 
on a wave and somebody's paddling out, we're, we we think that we're going to make allowances, need to make allowances for him or her to paddle out. No, I didn't come here to make allowances for beginners that don't know that are paddling out in the in the way where the surfer is coming. Let him be going around me because I am there to surf and I'm doing what the place is for. I'm surfing. So we have uh, political problems with those who have been here before and those who are just coming here and those who are just coming out of their mother's care and just getting out of their diapers and want to be cared for at the beaches. No. There's got to be places where you can go that's dangerous and you can take your chances. And uh, we we have to keep hospitals and doctors and dentists as well under check so that they don't have us having our dental check every six months. No, let's make it three months. Let's make it every month so that we can pay for this equipment that we bought this expensive dental equipment that we bought on time that costs millions of dollars. You know, we have a lot to change in society before surfing is going to change a whole lot. Good. Um, okay, so the next two I think you're really going to like, and uh, we're up on uh, – we're getting close to almost an hour, so this is <laughs> Lisa's, Luis is going to have some fun with this one. Um, so the next one is, what does the engineer Tom say to the surfer Tom? When you're when you're thinking about stuff, you got an engineering brain and you got a you got a left and a right brain going on really really heavily. So you got, got you know engineer I got, type A. I, I have ego and experience, and I have desires, and uh, I I uh, cherish the great moments. That's about all you can get. There's a there's a John Coltrane song called Great Moments, Great Moments, Great Moments. And uh, no matter what it is, you, you don't have, it's not all great moments. It's certain, there are peaks in the wave and there are peaks in life and times that are really special and you can't have them all the time because otherwise nothing's special. So mm -hmm. I'm very thankful for the equipment changes that have occurred and uh, the soft surfboard was one of the great ones, and the boogie board has been one of the great ones because you don't get hurt so much and because they're not so expensive and all that. But uh, let's talk about edibility, disposability, and uh, safety, and let's look to improvements in, in each of those three arenas. Where is the edible surfboard? Where is the edible boogie board? Where is the uh, softer, less dangerous stand-up paddleboard and surfboard? And but the, right now, right here in front of us, is the thing that's lagged behind are, is the swim fin, and the thing that has lagged behind the understanding of everybody is the importance and the availability of magnets. Magnetism, magnetism for your swim fins, for example. 
um, you, you're wearing a pair of shoes or slippers or something, we all have found it necessary, practical, prudent, to have protection on our feet so that we're, when we're walking on the beach, we don't step on a, a lit cigarette that somebody has casually tossed away. You have been burned by that. And uh, there are prohibitions for, from having glass bottles on the beach and all that. That's been very good. But in the material realm, I've drifted off. Help me back. Well, it's just it's what we what you were saying. Uh, what your your engineering brain says to your surfer brain. Oh. Okay, so the the surfer brain has to be aware of the need to be be cautious. Uh, when you go to the beach, there's every number of trillion things to hurt you. You know, the clams, uh, the the uh, broken broken glass. In the in the in the water uh, underwater um, trash of all kinds trash floating on the water brown foam <laughs> beware of brown <laughs> brown foam um, absolutely <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. well the last one I think is probably uh, Louise saved it for one of the most powerful questions. And uh, and it's perfect because we're coming up on an hour, and I think that's much recording time I have. So, what? And but take your time because I can always reset it. What does the spiritual philosopher Y say to the surfing world? Have at it, Tom. Okay, I got it down into two words. Okay. Surf. Second word, life. Ah, nice. Yeah, and basically just one word, surf. Uh, but, uh, you know, you decide to go to the beach for some enjoyment because you understand that there might be from a friend, the waves, waves may be up at your local beach. Now, this was before we had predictions like we have today, surf, mm-hmm. uh, surf line today. Then you go down there and... Uh, you uh, you have to have developed a decent uh, tolerance, tolerance and personality in order to get along surfing. Because uh, if people don't like you, if you are obnoxious in any, any way, it's got to show up and it's got to it's got to dampen your enjoyment because you're not going to get the waves and all this kind of stuff. And if you've been belligerent about anything, any aspect of life, it's got to come out when you're surfing because you're going to you're going to uh, assume things that are not true, and they're going to get you in some kind of trouble or get you out of the pocket. Get you, you know, look at the beach. You go to the beach as an experienced surfer, and uh, look at all the people that have no experience or very little experience, and they're sitting out there. And they're looking around, and as far as they're concerned, they're just like everybody else. But the experience levels are huge, are, are vastly different. And uh, this guy that's sitting right next to is, is catching wave after wave, and you're not getting anything. Well, he knows how to read the ocean. He reads reads the bottom by how the waves move 
through the water and they reveal each wave moving through the water is revealing the depths and conditions directly below they're tracing uh, and you can watch a wave rise and fall and you know that the body bottom contour is also rising and falling and to at what rate and all that stuff whether it's a rocks or sand and all this by looking you can see you can see ahead so this the the question take me back to the question well it was saying um just you know what what do you have to you know what do you have to say to the surfing world from tom Morris' philo- philosophical perspective you know and you've it, i think almost every question you've answered that so you, basically we can yeah. um I mean, you have really gone yeah. into you know, a lot more of the, you know, spiritual aspects of everything. So well, these, have been, these have been great, great questions for me. To they were. Yeah, Luis did a great and job. All, and all, I, can, all I, I keep coming back to is surf life or surf. And surfing is, you know, there's skiing and tennis and all this other stuff. But surfing requires uh, great observation like sailing does sailing you know. uh, and uh, sailboarding where you're paying close attention not only to the waves but also to the uh, wind and uh, the wind direction the wind power and the, the texture of the water that's going to be uh, in the area that you're heading towards and all this stuff but we are alive in a living entity and the living entity preserves itself and utilizes its own uh, mechanics and its own forces in order to have enjoyment and we're here to enjoy and uh, the one the one thing that uh, a friend told me under a special conditions said enjoy and uh, I took that to I took that to heart, and that is uh, what we're here for, because this, we're the only game in the only game in town. You know, we're alive, yeah. and this whole playground is here. And uh, there's a lot of okay. That's it. Enjoy. Yeah. Okay. Don't don't go away. I'm just going to end the recording and thank Luis for uh, sure. the opportunity to hear some words of wisdom from Tom Mori and, and for all your support over the years, uh, Luis, I thank you. And don't go away, Tom. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.